You're listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast, episode 58. You're listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast, where we believe business can be simple and you can use your intuition to run towards your goal. Self-made business and success coach, Lindsay Maloney, helps you start and scale your dream coaching business. With her step-by-step intuitive and creative guidance, you'll leave ready to put her tips into action, push your business forward, and work with your dream clients. Lindsay is here to help you get unstuck and structure your brilliance into a coaching business that's sustainable and financially exhilarating. Here's your host, Lindsay Maloney. Today we're chatting with my friend Asha all about mindset, morning routines, why we don't like the hustle mentality, and all of the things that it takes for you to become the heart-centered, holistic coach and entrepreneur that you started off wanting to be in the first place. Um, We chat about why you start your business and how sometimes you can go onto the road of burnout without knowing it, and we chat about some signs that you might be experiencing and how to get out of it. This is a really important episode to listen to. I know you're going to love it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Asha, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm so excited to visit with you. Hi, Lindsay. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I always like to start off the interviews with you introducing yourself and then sharing a little bit about what you do and who you serve. Sure. Well, I will definitely call myself a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I am a psychologist, so I have a doctorate degree in psychology. I am a creative performance coach, and I am a yoga instructor And I own two businesses, so I am a busy gal, to say the least. (laughs) And I work with creative entrepreneurs in my coaching business to help them um, be more productive, uh, creative, and get more done without burning out in the process. I love that. And I love that you're multi-passionate. I think a lot of coaches are, but you're very solid in all of your passions. I think sometimes a lot of us throw like a ton of spaghetti at the wall and hope something sticks. But I think all of your passions are so intentional and Mm -hmm. solid that, you know, I think this is going to be a really interesting interview because you really are passionate about one thing when it comes to coaches and creatives and tell us about that. Mm, So I am really passionate about helping creatives to scale and create their best work and envision their next great idea, but without sacrificing their sanity in the process. So I noticed this when I moved to, I live in San Francisco right now and in Silicon Valley, I don't know if you're familiar, but it's like a creative hub. So pretty much every app on your phone is being created by someone with a big dream and that's about it. Um, and when I saw all of these entrepreneurs kind of coming together, really brilliant minds and putting everything on the line, but in the process, things happen, right? The entrepreneurial journey is not linear. Uh, there's a lot of ups and downs, and there are a lot of things that can get in the way of producing creative work. It's like when you take creativity and you pair it with dollars, the struggle is to continue to feel connected to your work, to continue to be able to come up with that next great idea, because now it's tied to a business. And what can happen in the process is that 
you can lose that creative drive. You can lose that connection to why you're doing this in the first place. And eventually you can burn out. And we see this happening more and more. And I know it's becoming more and more of a buzzword, but that's for a reason. I think there's a place where the hustle, right? It's a positive thing in the beginning. You have so much energy going into your business. However, over time, it can erode at your joy, your ability to connect and serve and be passionate in like a heart-centered way about what you're doing and what you're putting out into the world. And so I am very passionate about helping entrepreneurs avoid that because I honestly don't think it's necessary. I think there is an alternate path. And if you bring intention to your business from stage one all the way up, I really believe that you can take a path that is more flowing and more open and expansive and even fun, right? Because ultimately we do want to enjoy what we're doing. And I think most people become entrepreneurs because they want to enjoy their work, right? They want to live a life that feels free. Um, and so I, I want to help entrepreneurs do that um, in a way that feels true to them uh, without feeling like they're sacrificing themselves and their life and their balance and their self-care in the process. Mm. Much needed. Mm. because the hustle lifestyle is so glorified and it, it almost just kind of disgusts me when I see people talking about that because I, I don't feel like it's necessary. Mm. And even I see people, even just yesterday, I'm not going to mention the name, but like a very um, big influencer mm-hmm. was writing about how she had a really big burnout. And it was almost like saying, I was just reading the comments and I was noticing that people were actually like, oh yeah, you know, I had that too. And almost like it's a passageway to success, burning Mm. out in a big way. And that just rubs me the wrong way. How do you feel about the hustle and the, you know, that weird passageway that people feel like they need to share? And then I think it's just being not a bad influence, but in a way, you know, sharing all those things. I think there's a responsibility to it as well, um, especially when you have a big following online and you're sharing things like, you know, I got so sick, I've been in bed for days. I think there's a point where we have to kind of keep those things to ourselves because there's people who are just starting out that feel like they need to be that way too. What do you think about that? Mm, Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that we're talking about the word hustle because It's such, I want to even walk carefully around it because I was just writing on my blog about this the other day. And I think we need to honor where the hustle comes from. So hustle as like a terminology came around the millennial kind of era. And a lot of, especially for women, the idea that you can pave your own path and you don't need to be held back by societal barriers that used to hold us back, that has been very empowering. And for many people, the hustle isn't always exhausting. There are there are certain types of business people and even people at different stages of their business will experience hustle as fun, as joyful, as exciting, right? What can happen is that I think we can assume, right, because it's glorified, 
mm-hmm. that we have to hustle, even when it's no longer feeling fun, even when life is throwing us some other stressors in other areas of our life. So there's this assumption that you need to hustle nonstop, even when it's not the right season for that. And I think I'm glad that there are more and more influencers that are talking about their burnout, but it does concern me that it's being shown as this was how I got here, right? And this is how you will get there too by burning out like I did, but look what's on the other side of it. You're going to have all this stuff. You're going to have all of this amazing life and all these amazing clients. So there's this idea that this is the kind of the, you have to walk through this darkness to get there. And it's not like you aren't going to be stressed. I feel like it, you know, I can, I can like make some waves if I was like, oh, you can build a business without feeling any stress at all. <laughs> no, this is my, you know, I've built two businesses. This is my three-step process. <laughs> yeah, no, you're definitely going to feel stress, but there's a difference between feeling stress and being emotionally engaged in your life so that you can address it early and often and kind of bring yourself back to balance. Like balance isn't like a state that you achieve like enlightenment and you just stay there forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it is something that you can start to build emotional awareness around so that when stress comes as it will, as you're building, you'll be able to come back and reconnect more often. I don't think you need to walk through that burnout period to get to the other side where you finally get to, you know, lay on the beach and, you know, drink a pina colada and not worry about anything ever again. I think it's more like you're going to sit down on the beach once a month, you know, or whatever your beach is, you know, and you're going to do whatever that is that nourishes you on a regular basis and come back and then do another sprint. Um, and that's actually, you know, the way that if we look at big businesses, that's how they're starting to work with their employees. The ones that have good cultures are working around sprints. We work hard for a short period of time and then you reconnect, you take time off. You know, there, there is this acknowledgement that we, we aren't robots, that we need to work in, you know, short periods of time with more intensity, but then you know, take time off, do something else. And you can build that in on a microwave into your week. You know, you can look at your day that way and block things out, do things intensely for two hours and then go for a walk, go to the gym, go do something else. You don't need to sit at your computer until your eyes are bleeding for eight hours at a time um, in order to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot of the people where you live, you know, in Silicon Valley, do you think that they just kind of signed up for the hustle because they think they should if they're, they have these huge dreams or do they just fall into it without even realizing it? Mm. So the hustle is sort of, it kind of like devours you. So I don't think that many people are like, you know what I want to do? I want to work 80 hour weeks and never see my family again. Like, I don't think people go into these pursuits thinking about that. I think what happens is rather than, you know, knowing ahead of time that it's going to involve that, it's the dream, right? And I think a lot of your listeners will probably know what that feels like when you start to have a dream and it's all you can think about, right? And you're so in the moment with that dream of what you could build, of what you could create. And it's it's an amazing feeling. You feel on fire with it. 
what can happen is it can blind you to what other things are going to happen as you pursue this, right? So it, it's complicated. I think as soon as they get into it here in Silicon Valley, it becomes almost this like parasite that kind of seeps into everything. And once you're in it, especially here where there are so many entrepreneurs, um, I would say California in general, there's just this entrepreneurial mindset. And once you're inside of it, it's very hard to see outside of it, you know, because everyone else is living that way. So you assume that it's normal. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think people go into it thinking, yeah, I think I'm going to just burn myself out over the next couple of years. It'll be great. But once they get in there and they start doing it, everyone else is doing it exactly that way. And they have no other model for what this mm. could look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They signed up for the work, work like no one else for the first couple of years. And then you'll have the life that you, whatever that saying is. And I, I just never signed up for that myself. Cause I, I wanted to keep the same lifestyle that I always had. I just wanted to enhance it. And I think a lot of people want to just be so deep in their business that like you said, they think it's their norm. It's normal to them. So let's talk about some, maybe not symptoms, but maybe some things that people are experiencing that could be leading towards a bad direction. Um, Maybe we can catch some things for people if they're listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel or that's what I'm doing. I need to redirect. What are some of those things? What are some signs? Hmm. So there's different stages that, you know, and we, we could talk about the different stages because it, it begins in a very subtle way. And I think most people miss the first signs of it. Um, and then, of course, it progresses and can get worse and worse and worse. And most people don't even notice what is happening until they throw in the towel. And this is why you'll see people on social media, you know, you'll see influencers that seem to be doing amazing. And then all of a sudden they're gone, right? And that's because we don't often notice the subtle signs of it until it's so intense that we're just like, I have to give everything up and burn this thing to the ground because I cannot do this anymore. So the the earlier signs before we're there um, are noticing if you are no longer experiencing joy in your work, and this, this emotion of joy, it's, it's being able to connect with why you are doing it, right? You, you might be stressed and there's, you're not going to enjoy all of the tasks involved in building a business. However, if you aren't connecting with any part of it, um, that is a warning sign. So, you know, if you think of um, people who do very creative tasks for work, so like if you have a, you know, you're an artisan of some sort, um, and you are, maybe you, I'll just take a non-coaching example. Like if you were like, you loved to knit and you developed a sweater business, right? And like, you loved it. And that was your Zen, right? But then all of a sudden, like you don't experience any happiness doing it anymore. Then that's a warning sign. So for coaching, it's, do you, are you not connecting with the creation of content? Are you not like getting really into that post or that, you know, um, finding those words to serve and thinking of that ideal client and she's reading it and she's feeling connected to it. Are you no longer feeling connected to that? Is it becoming more of a, an obligation, right? Like is your, is your series of work tasks becoming a checklist 
and you're just trying to get it done and get through it. Because if, if you're no longer enjoying any part of that series of things that you need to do in your week, that's a warning sign. You probably need to take a step back and intentionally, one of the things that I work on with my clients is have them intentionally take a little time off to do something purely for the sense that of like connecting with joy of connecting with something that they deeply love and making it uncomplicated. Cause I think that's what can happen is we complicate it and we're thinking about profit. We're thinking about outcome and we're not thinking about the process and enjoying the process while we're in it. So that would be one major, um, major sign of, of the early, early signs of burnout is just not enjoying it anymore. Um, yeah. I love how you said that you don't have to quit. You should just kind of reevaluate, reevaluate and step back and remember why you started this in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, doing something you love, taking a step away is such a refresher. What if they're just in the midst and they're, they did that and they're just not feeling it any, anymore. And there's some, just something majorly off. Mm. So if you're feeling that something is wrong and you took your step back and part of what I, what I said, take a step back, I think one thing I meant by that, just to kind of interject there a little bit, is that I think sometimes people will roll their eyes at the idea of self-care, right? Like, okay, great. Get my nails done. Got it. What I was speaking to, and that's good, right? Like, yes, get your nails done. Go get a massage. All of those things. All that good stuff. The, the rituals I like to work on with my clients are actually tied to their work in a direct way. So if you are a coach, right? And one of the things you do is you, um, you create content, right? Could you do something that reconnects you with the joy of that content? So find a piece of it that you know at some point you really loved, right? So if you're currently working with people one-on-one, um, maybe, you know, do a, you know, something before that appointment to really connect with why you love doing this and visualize the success that that client's going to have as a result of the call, like really get into it and reconnect with the emotions of it. So it's not necessarily always taking a step back. It's more being intentional about what you're doing in the process, right? Um, Which is why I'm a big fan of morning routines because you can use a morning routine to really connect with why you are going to do all of the things you're going to do and find that meaning and purpose in it ahead of time. But that said, if you're doing all of that, you're trying to reconnect, you're trying to, you know, do some visualization work, some mindfulness some journaling to really connect with your why and you can't find your why. It's another thing that you might need to do is, is look at how much, how much time you're using, right? Like, do you need to set some boundaries in your life? Is your, is your life just overbooked? That's another thing that can happen because you might be feel super connected, but we aren't built to work 80 hour weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you feel connected, but you're still working so much that you, you cannot fit in all the other things that you care about, then you might need to look at setting some boundaries. This comes up a lot for people who are building a business while working a full-time job. And I know both of us uh, mm-hmm. work full-time jobs. And so boundary setting is something that I get asked about a lot 
because people ask me like, how do you have two businesses and you're working full time? You have all, all these other things you do. You're somehow reading books and doing, going on a date and Mm -hmm. how are you you doing this? (laughs) Honestly, it's, I I say like, I have never worked late at my job ever. Mm -hmm. And that has required me being fiercely uh, protective of my time time in a kind, compassionate, and a very assertive way um, saying, you know, this is the time I need. So that's another thing, you know, if you're noticing you just cannot reconnect, look at who you are giving your time to. Are you giving so much away that there's not enough space in your life for you to reconnect, for you to feel nourished and, and for you to feel connected to your work? I love how you said I'm so protective over my time. I'm the same way. And I think that's why we can be so effective with our businesses and our full-time jobs because we're so, so protective. I was telling my best friend yesterday, I said, even just like leaving the house on a weekday, you know, I'm at home with my kids all day and just leaving the house for a couple hours just totally throws me off of my routine. And I know Mm -hmm. that's like kind of a weenie thing maybe to some people, Mm -hmm. But that's just, that's just how I, that's just how I live. And I think it's so important to acknowledge how you function in the most highest form. So, you know, it always starts with how you begin your day. I truly believe that. And I know you are huge on that. So let's talk about that. Like starting your day off as well as we can, like, like I've seen Mm. say before, sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want it to, but I love uh, one post you had a few weeks ago I think it was like, you didn't have time to do your whole morning routine. So you did it in the afternoon. And I love that because I will do that too. If I didn't get time to do my morning routine, who cares? I'll get it in some time. So let's talk about that. Starting your day off in the highest form possible. What does that mean to you? Mm, yes. And, and it is true. There will be times I will take parts of my morning routine and move them elsewhere. Because I think one of the things that can happen is people will roll their eyes at the idea of a morning routine because they're like, all right, like I'm not some rich superhuman, like I've got kids, I've got work, I've got other things going on. I can't just like lay around like saying affirmations all morning. <laughs> but, but I think it's a misconception because we, we it doesn't need to be a lot. It, I think of it more like first thing in the morning, who has the remote control of your brain first, right? Because we are at our most vulnerable when we first wake up in the morning. And the th- reality is most of us, we, you know, roll out of bed. And the first thing we do is, you know, we open up a little app um, that is a uh, kind of fun it's called Instagram. <laughs> don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and, and it's so easy to do. And a lot of us curate our feeds. So it's mostly inspirational content, but I still, you know, I, the way I look at it is it's still like Russian relay. You do not know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Do not know if it's going to be inspirational, if it's going to make you feel jealous, if it's going to make you feel exhausted, if it's going to break your heart. You have no mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. And so a morning routine doesn't need to be this huge, complex thing. It can be as simple as before I turn on that, before I you know, make my kids breakfast, before all of that, I will decide for myself, right, how do I want to feel this day? And just that I ask myself that question every morning and it has completely changed my life because even if I only have three minutes for my morning routine, if I can touch base with myself first and, and remind myself, I want to live with intention today. I want to feel joy today. 
I want to feel connected to others today. And if I can set that intention before all of the rest of it and find one thing that will nourish me and bring me into that state. And I think it's different for everyone what that is. Um, but if you can find that one thing, right? Like if it's movement, yeah, some mornings you're going to have time to go for a run or go, you know, do a full yoga routine. But honestly, most mornings for me, it's a forward fold. That's it. That I found my one pose and anything else is icing on the cake. If I have time for more, great. But I know that setting that intention and just doing that one stretch will connect me with my purpose, will connect me with how I want to show up that day. And yeah, and then the rest of it, you know, I do have a full nourishing, beautiful morning routine, but like a day like today, I I woke up pretty early today. I did my journaling, right? And after, you know, after we talk today, I'll probably do my meditation next and I'll do a couple other things. But I know that doing one thing to connect with me is essential before I start connecting with the world. And I just, you know, don't set the bar too high for thinking it needs to be 600 different things in order for you to feel connected. Um, but yeah, that would be one thing that I think that, that just that question, how do I want to feel today? How do I want to show up today? Just ask yourself that tomorrow, just for everyone listening, and just see what happens if you check in with yourself first before your feed. I love that. Asking yourself, how do you want to feel? Um, and I think that goes with everything that you do in throughout your day, whether it's, you know, the food you eat, the things you drink, how, how do I want to feel? Is this going to match up with how I want to feel? If it doesn't, then, you know, let's use our, let's use our brain as best as we can and decide on that. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're not like, oh yeah, you need to meditate for two hours a day and do <laughs> three hours of yoga. And you're going to have to get up at three in the morning to meditate too, because that's the only time it's going to work for you. And just <laughs> right. intimidating every, everyone. Cause right. there's so much of that out there. And we feel like we need to be these, these yogis with this super powerful meditation yeah. game. Yeah. And it's, that's not how it has to be. Everyone yeah. makes it work for them. We all have different lifestyles. And I love that you're very encouraging to show people that you just make it your own. Like you said, if I can just do a forward fold in the morning, that starts me off good. So yeah. I love that. And I think that that's one thing around self-care where I walk very carefully around the word self-care because I think more and more because of our hustle mentality, we put self-care on the to-do list. Mm-hmm. And that is problematic right? Because, you know, if we're all honest with ourselves, has there been a time we have stressed out about our self-care? Like, oh my gosh, I'm not not meditating anymore. I skipped three days, right? And then the thing that is supposed to be bringing you back to yourself, be helping you get grounded and connected, it has now become something you use to punish yourself and hold you up to an impossible standard, right? So, I think too often we end up treating self-care as just another thing on the checklist. And when we aren't able to get to it, we are, are so not compassionate with ourselves around that. And so, you know, if if we're thinking about how do you want to feel this day and you miss something that is an important part of your practice, then bring that into how you talk to yourself about missing that. Right. Because, yeah, if you say, well, the way I want to show up is grounded and connected, then 
you know, yelling at yourself for missing that is not moving in that direction. So instead, just being compassionate and saying, you know what, I will get to it tomorrow. This is a learning opportunity. I'm learning the things that, you know, become barriers for me, how I can show up better for myself. And I'm going to do this later, right? So you're, you're changing the way you talk to yourself so that you aren't, again, using self-care as a means to bring yourself down. Mm. Right. Because we don't want to get into the idea that, oh, I didn't meditate, so I'm a bad person or I'm not right. good enough. And that right. just brings everything so low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I love all of this. How can people find more about what you do and how you help them? Sure. So my coaching business is called The Consistent Creative, and you can head over to my website. I blog there um, and try to offer a lot of um, great resources. So that's theconsistentcreative.com. And my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. I am at consistentlyasha. Um, and I am hanging out there all the time. So I would love for everyone to come hang out. Um, and yeah, that, those are the two areas you can find me best. And, um, and yeah, I would love to hang out with everyone on the gram. And, um, (laughs) I think, I think Instagram is a really great, um, platform when used wisely, right? I think it is a very social platform. It's a place where we can really connect deeply with one another. Um, I think, you know, it's also can be a very frustrating platform for many. Um, And I have been really like connecting with Instagram in an intentional way, the best I can really trying to see it as that platform. So, you know, if you want to come say hi, um, you know, send a DM right? Get, get off the feed and, and send, send a DM because there's so many great chats happening below the surface of Instagram. Yes. <laughs> so, I love that. Get off of the feed and go into the DM. That's my favorite place too. Cause I feel like that's where we can really, we can um, voice message each other or whatever. It's just such a powerful connecting um, piece that we have the opportunity to use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Asha. It was amazing to have you on. Thank you so much. Want 10 ways for you to start booking your dream clients? I created this workbook for you because I wanted to share my best tips on how I book mine. You're not going to believe how easy these are and I know you'll be able to take my tips and put them into action ASAP so you can start working with your dream clients. To grab the workbook for free, all you have to do is go to lindsaymaloney.com podcast. Hey coaches, are you a member of the Book Your Dream Clients community yet? Because you should be. Just go to dreamclientcommunity.com to request free access. We do fun things like website audits, challenges, and we even have a book club. Join the free Dream Client community now and we'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. If you want to find out more information, how you can work with me, just head on over to my website, lindsaymaloney.com. You will be able to see how you can work with me privately or in a group setting. I'm all about helping you start and scale your coaching business. So I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating and review. And if you want bonus points, take a screenshot of a review and tag me on your Instagram story. I'd love to see it and share it with my audience. And plus, you don't want to miss another episode.